Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, battle ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day. Welcome to Battle Ready. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is a prayer for priests. O loving Mother Mary, Mother of priests, take to your heart your sons who are so close to you because of their priestly ordination and because of the power which they have received to carry on the work of Christ in a world which needs them so much. Be their comfort, their joy, and their strength, and especially help them to live and defend the ideals of Holy Mother Church and to surrender everything to God, living a life of holy obedience and celibacy for the salvation of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So today we have this feast day, uh, a fairly new one, a memorial of Mary, Mother of the Church. And in the Diocese of Nashville, we begin our priestly convocation when we all gather for this week to, um, to pray and to uh, do some of the administrative uh, work of the church that we need to do in electing officials in the, among the priests and all that sort of thing. So keep us in your prayers. And it's also Monday, so my mother is with us. Hello, Mom. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? How are you? Uh, we're coming along. We're kind right. of middling along. Better than we were. Uh-huh. And I want to thank everybody for all their prayers that you asked for last week because we could, we could really feel it in the beginning. It was just carrying us. Good. Well, our computers have crashed and our office phone lines are down oh. and there's demolition happening in the North X. So what can hear is uh, jack cameras throughout the offices. It's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we are. You know what? St. Michael the Archangel, a nine foot marble statue is arriving today. Oh, so it doesn't surprise me that we're having a lot of oh, there's a little battle going on. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's going to be beautiful. Yes. It took a while, but it's finally coming. Good. So, uh, just a little bit about today's uh, devotion. You know, this this feast is a is a movable feast. It it, it happens. It's what the church says. It's the Monday after Pentecost, which is a funny way of saying things because Pentecost is always on a Sunday. So instead of saying the day after Pentecost, the church says the Monday after Pentecost. So that's today. Um, and we just finished the Easter season yesterday. So we're living out in this glorious time of celebrating the resurrection. And the first day back to ordinary time, uh, the readings for the day are uh, sin and death. First reading is the uh, Adam and Eve committing the first sin. And the gospel is Jesus hanging on the cross and uh, mm. suffering before his mother. So we go right into sin and death the first day out of Easter. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's a whole change of tone. So what did you want to talk about today? Well, before we begin, um, I, I would like to read Our Lady's latest message again. Sure. Um, it's an important one. So this is from Medjugorje, May 25th of this year. And it's a Dear Children... I am looking at you and thanking God for each of you because he permits me to still be with you, to encourage you to holiness, 
Little children, peace is disturbed and Satan wants peacelessness. That is why may your prayer be even stronger so that every unclean spirit of division and war may be stilled. Be builders of peace and carriers of joy of the risen one in you and around you for the good to win in every man. Thank you for having responded to my call. So in thinking about what she's saying here, she's directly saying that Satan wants this peacelessness that we see in our world. He's he's wanting it. He's, he's probably causing it too. And that prayer will overcome this. So there's a lot of hope in this message. Prayer is even stronger. And prayer will overcome it if we pray. And she wants us to build peace and joy around us. So we look at the world situation, which is so bad. And yet, Blessed Mother says, build peace and joy around each of you. And so that can be done. And the good will win. So I think it's a very, it's very realistic, this message, but it's also very hopeful. So we'll keep keep that in mind for the rest of the month until we get the next one. So today I, I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about the fear that's out there. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of fear with all the things that are going on. And then to bring the Holy Spirit into it and talk about that. So I'd just like to start with Pope John Paul II, who often said, be not afraid. And in fact, the first day that he was elected Pope, those were his first words to us on becoming Pope, be not afraid. And he was really a mystic himself and uh, saw situations for what they were. So I would say that right now, after the events that happened at Uvalde, Texas and Buffalo, New York, that fear is gripping people. And in fact, there was a a slaughter in a church in uh, Nigeria yesterday on Pentecost Sunday where so many people were killed. Mm-hmm. So, okay. yeah, so it's it's happening almost every day now somewhere. So fear is gripping people and our faith can be shaken when the times are difficult. The apostles' faith was shaken during Jesus' passion and they abandoned him. So I guess the question is, how can we keep our faith strong in times like this? Well, I think we have to keep our focus on Jesus and his promises to us. We just celebrated Pentecost. So we can rely on the Holy Spirit and his power. We just have to ask him to fill us. We need God to show us how to make our way through these challenges. And he wants to do that. He wants to lead us. You know, in the Garden of Eden, he walked with Adam and Eve every day. That was the way it was intended to be, that he would be with us each day. And before original sin, that's how it was. So, you know, God is still God and he still wants to help us. So the question is, do we let him lead and guide us? In some of us, I would say the flame is out. And without the Holy Spirit, we just see the material world and not the big picture, the spiritual world. For me, the 23rd Psalm has always had a very calming effect on me. Uh, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I actually say this when I'm being wheeled into surgery, for example. Whenever I'm feeling anxious or a little fearful, I say this psalm and it calms me right down. So I I would suggest that maybe uh, make a list of the scriptures that speak to you 
that are good for you when uh, you need to really take God's hand and hold on tight when fear comes in. Any thoughts, Father? Well, yes, I have many. Um, <laughs> of course you today, do. Today, you know, when we were talking, that reading from Genesis 3, Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. um, after they sin, they go hiding, as though you can hide from God. And he doesn't um, chastise what he what the, exactly what he said was, where are you? So he And he knows where they are. He's call, saying that to them to draw them out uh, and bring them back into a dialogue. But where are you? And I would say to everybody listening, where are you? What are you doing with your life? Um, because it's the Eucharist and the rosary that are going to fortify people and sustain them during difficult times. So if you're not going to adoration and you're feeling a bit fearful and nervous, you need to go to adoration. And you have to sit there and say, Jesus, I'm going to choose to trust you that you you know everything, you know the future, and you have a plan for my life, and I'm going to hand you my life today, right now. Whatever you desire, let it be done. And that's the end of it. Uh, and ask for them the peace to come in. When we surrender to God, we get a supernatural peace that we're, we're moving into alignment with his plan. That's how peace comes. It doesn't come from going out and buying, you know, another 3,000 rounds of ammo because that'll just make you more fearful that something's coming. Now, regardless of what's coming, um, do you believe God has a plan for you? And if you don't, then you need to back up a step and say, Lord, I don't trust you enough. Be honest with him. If you don't trust him, you have to tell him that. Say, I need to have the trust that you desire I have and just ask for the things that you, you need. It's that simple, but sometimes we forget. And then the next step would be, you know, he never abandons his children, but we must realize that in that garden event, this is what he said. He said to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will strike at your head. You will strike at his heel. That was the Lord telling how this is going to play out to Satan. Well, the woman is Mary. The offspring is Jesus. But by we're, we're in God's image and likeness by our very way he made us. But then by baptism, we are literally brothers and sisters to Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are offspring as well. And so the battle has been on since the very first people were made. And the battle is not going to end until the final day. So <laughs> thus the show, Battle Ready, you need to be ready. Because every day there's more and more... Um, unrest in the world there's more uh, peace being robbed from people because and this is the crux of the whole issue uh, sin is the disorder that creates all the problems in the world so people sit and say why does this happen i don't understand what's happening why is everything so confusing why is everything so evil why are the innocent people dying why 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 look the why is easy the why is sin All evil stems from sin. But we don't teach that anymore. We blame evil on guns and mental illness and political parties and failed economies and dictators. No, those are the the avenue sin plays out, but it's sin. The more society moves away from God, the more sin will grow. And the more sin grows, the more evil will flourish, the more violence will flourish, and the more death will flourish. Why? Because Romans 6 tells us the wage of sin is death. 
But it doesn't end there. After Paul said that, he said, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And there's the hope. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So when you realize you can't control other people's sinning, and it's clear that it's on an uptick, but we can control our own actions and our own thoughts, and we can we can conform ourselves to Jesus. And in doing that, we're 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 opening up eternal life because he promised it for us. So again, back to the sacrament of the Eucharist, back to praying the rosary. These are the weapons. Don Bosco in the famous vision he had all those years ago of the, the ship being anchored between the two pillars. One was Our Lady, help of Christians. The other was the Eucharist, the Savior of the world. Those are the two anchors you have to have in your life. Well, I would say also that right now sin is not even being called sin. We call it love now. Everything is love, love, love. Anything you do, uh, no matter how sinful, it's, the name is love. So things are misnamed, of course. Uh, that's Satan again. It doesn't matter. To, it doesn't yeah. matter. It's still sin. Yes. And, uh, you know, repentance is not ever offered uh, as a solution. Uh, it's just wallowing your sin. So yeah, there are big, big troubles out there. So how do we be? How well, do we? I wanted to say one more thing. I would remind everybody. I just had to tell somebody this the other day. You know, if you read the Book of Revelation, you know that all has to happen. Mm-hmm. That all has to because it was prophesied. It's scripture. It will happen. And so, when you see things starting to fall into place, um, know that this could mm-hmm. be why it's happening because it has to happen. And not that God desired it would happen, but he saw, based on him seeing everything as once when he created man, this would happen. And then he he also gets to uh, insert himself into history, and in Revelation he's going to do that. He's going to start uh, acting in a way where we'd, we would take note that God is not happy, and he wants our attention. And so when all these things start coming into play and the biggest of them i would say would be when jerusalem when israel got became a, a sovereign nation again mm-hmm. you know that was back in the 50s that hadn't happened in almost 2000 years and suddenly that that put the ball in motion so i think that i think that was 67 67 okay yeah. so about 50 so years ago yeah. um the famous 50 years where everything went down <laughs> so listen it's not something to be afraid of because the triumph comes at the end. Yes. So you just have to put you put your you put you put your vision on the horizon of the triumph, and you move through the storm. And we have and our lady fine. walk. We have our lady walking with us through it. I mean, she's and with right us there. every day. Yes, she's with us all the way through every day to guide us. Yep. So the main thing is, what do we do in the midst of all this? If this is the time that God chose for us to live, we have to. We have to be battle ready. And so I would suggest that we need to live the gospel. We need to walk in the light. We can't hate people because that's the devil. And the world is filled with the diabolical right now. So we can't add to that. So keep praying, intensify our prayers, as Our Lady said in this month's message. Reflect on Jesus's words in the scripture and hang on to some of them, uh, the, the ones that speak to you. And I think a very key thing here is to stay close to other believers 
like they did in the Acts of the Apostles. That was also a very pivotal time in history, right after uh, Jesus ascends to heaven and they're on their own now trying to start the new church. So, um, and there were many enemies against them. But in unity, there is strength. So stay close to other believers, pray for each other, join together, start a prayer group if, if you need to be with other people, pray for each other in difficult moments, and ask Jesus to fill us with his Holy Spirit uh, each day with his power and his grace. Uh, in Acts uh, chapter 18, verse 9, the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, do not be afraid, but speak and do not be silent, for I am with you. So that's a, a very comforting uh, scripture right there. And then what direction are we looking in? Are we looking at the news and all the disorder that it shows every day? Or are we looking at Jesus and the unity and love he offers us? Romans 12, verse 12, rejoice in your hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. So rejoice in your hope. There's a lot of hope here. Uh, yesterday was last week, last Monday, was the Feast of Visitation of Mary to Elizabeth. And they lived in a difficult time as well, and yet each of them was used by God to bring about his plan in their time. Two women rejoicing in what God was doing in them, each conceived miraculously, both playing a pivotal role in God's plan. Two different cycles of life, Elizabeth is late in years, Mary is young, and each phase of life has its own work and its own worth. So where does the cycle of life find you today? God's plan is being played out. Are you available for him to use you? He can use you right now wherever you are, just like Mary and Elizabeth. So again, the Feast of Pentecost was yesterday. Um, Acts 19, verse 6, when Paul had lain his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. How do we get the Holy Spirit? Well, we meant, you mentioned it a little bit in the sacraments. First is it baptism. In confirmation, we receive the Holy Spirit again. We get strength to fight as soldiers for Christ. I wonder, do they still do that now? Do they still slap your face at confirmation? No, they would be sued. <laughs> well, they did slap our faces. <laughs> the bishop slapped your face when you, uh, be, you were confirmed. And in the Eucharist, we receive food for our strength. When we go to penance, we're fortified against sin and temptation. We get extra graces. And in the anointing of the sick, we receive help to conquer in the last battle. So all of those sacraments are life-giving and, and filled with the Holy Spirit. So what have we done with the gift of the Holy Spirit we received at these sacraments? Have, are we using the gift of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit comes upon us. It's an indwelling. But... Um, in addition, uh, there is sometimes uh, he makes his presence known. I mean, we know if we're in a state of grace that the Holy Spirit is within us, but sometimes we can feel his presence. And people that have experienced it speak of a holy joy, a glory, a living flame burning within them. They just receive it. They can't make it happen. Um, but it does happen. And it's like a little foretaste of heaven, and it fills the person with great hope. Yesterday, Father, in your homily, which I listened to on um, my phone, you spoke about how changed Peter was after he received the Holy Spirit. 
that the transformation was visible. So, yeah. um, different person. Yeah. So that's something to look forward to that the more we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we'll start to look different too. And then Romans 8, verse 31 says, if God is for us, who is against us? That's a good one. Um, there are many ways to stray away from the path that leads to God. So we need the Holy Spirit to guide us. And we need to know the voice of the Holy Spirit. Uh, sometimes we have to make decisions, big ones or small ones, and we need to ask the Holy Spirit, what should I do in this case? Uh, he's going to direct us to be where we're supposed to be at any given time. And you have to be, you have to be listening and being open to it. Um, it reminds me of the story of Eleanor, our friend Eleanor, when she was in the church and she couldn't get up out of the pew, that she was um, being forced to sit there. I, I forget the circumstances, what what that was all about, but it was the Holy Spirit wanted to say something to her, and he just made her sit there until he got his point across. Do you remember the details? Yeah, at that point she was... Um... She, she was going to the vigil mass on Saturday to get it out of the way because she had a very busy party schedule all weekend because she's part of the high society of, of uh, Boston. And she started to have this check in her spirit that the Lord wanted more from her. And she didn't know what she was supposed to do. And so um, Father Tom was preaching that day about, you know, offering your life to the Lord. And then after Mass ended, she physically couldn't move. And he came over and says, what's wrong with you? And she goes, I think the Lord wants me to do something else with my life, but I don't know what he wants. And he just looked at her and says, maybe you should go pray at the abortion mill. And he walked away, and then she was able to leave. Um, and, of course, this is the woman who eventually would go to the Supreme Court mm -hmm. and have the Supreme Court overturn Planned Parenthood, blocking people from ministering to the women trying to go into the mill. So that little moment in the Holy Spirit led to... Mm -hmm. a law over the entire country of America because that little woman followed that prompting. Yes, and she, she was open to the Holy Spirit. And so look what God can do in one person, one, one little person. And she is just a little person, but she's a powerhouse. <laughs> yes, she is. So um, this is what we're talking about here, the Holy Spirit. It's so powerful, and we can we are children of the light. That's who God created us to be. And we mustn't be fearful. If fear comes in, it's not from God. Fear is an emotion, but uh, it also is an evil. And so if fear comes in, you need to rebuke it, and you need to pray, and you need to ask the Holy Spirit to come and see what he sees. And uh, that's going to make all the difference. So one of my sons recently told me what an eagle does. So he said, in a storm, the eagle soars above the clouds, above all the rains. And all the other birds take shelter. And then right after he told me this, uh, it was on May 25th, the day of the message from Medjugorje, and I was reading the interview that the visionary had with Father Livio. Father Livio is from Radio Maria. And uh, the last couple of months, there's been a discussion between Maria the visionary and Father Livio about the current message. So this is what this one said right after I heard this from Brian about the eagle. And this is what Maria said. Our Lady is not afraid to face wars 
worries or even pandemics like the one we just experienced and to which she never has given importance. She always told us to stay close to God through prayer, conversion, and to embrace holiness. She is flying very high. That's that's the exact words. She's flying very high. So I would just mm. like to say that we too, like the eagle and like our mother Mary, need to fly high and soar over the present rain and keep our eyes looking up. So soar with the Holy Spirit. Don't give in to the fear. Yeah, it's, good. it's a good image to, to think about. Yeah. I didn't know that about the eagle. Yeah, I mean, think of the other birds hiding from the rain. We don't have to do that. We can just soar with the eagle, with the Blessed Mother, with the Holy Spirit. Very true. So get out, get out, get out of the driver's seat and let the Holy Spirit take the controls. And you'll be surprised what will happen, just like with our friend Eleanor. You know, the evangelist John, his symbol is the eagle. Yes, ever see the four evangelists he's the eagle because he's the contemplative of the group and that's actually that's actually what started the discussion with brian was he was telling me that john is known as the eagle yeah yeah so that's 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 the other part of that uh teaching is the way we soar is by going into contemplation that lifts us up to the heights of god Contemplation is a form of prayer where we open our heart and mind open to God and ask him to come in and speak to us, to, to our hearts, to let us know what's on his heart. And you, it's something that you, you can't initiate. You can only put yourself in a state where you're receptive to hearing from him, and then you wait for him to speak to you. Yes, very powerful form of prayer. And when you pray that way, your prayers are answered because you're doing, you're praying what God wants. You're praying back what God has given you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so final thoughts. Final thought. Um, I also had a friend once who was moving down south uh, to New Orleans, and she was a contemplative. And in her prayer, she was given that the house where she would live, she asked God, you know, what do you want us to do? And he said, you will have a meadow in your backyard. So she kept looking at houses and she just opened. She didn't care what the house looked like. She just kept opening the back door to see if there was a meadow. And uh, the husband and the real estate were getting quite annoyed with her because she didn't care what the kitchen looked like or whatever. Finally, she opened the door and there was a meadow and they bought that house. Right after that, Katrina hit. And every house around her was destroyed except hers. Hers was not touched at all. In fact, she became the place where everybody set up their tents in her yard in the meadow. Uh, and lived for months afterwards. So if you're where God wants you to be, it's a good place to be. And you just have to be listening. Holy Spirit. And uh, yesterday the fire was falling from heaven on the Pentecost. Praise God. Yeah, it was. I had an interesting uh, thing happen to me when I got home after the last Mass yesterday. There was a Spanish, uh, two Spanish people waiting for me. From my parish, it said that there was a baby up in Nashville that wasn't going to live. Could I go up and anoint the baby? Not anoint the baby, baptize the baby. So I said, sure. So I did. And uh, a very tiny little baby, and his name was Ethan. And I said, well, I'm going to confirm him too. What would you like his confirmation name to be? And the parents uh, said, uh, Guadalupe. 
So Ethan Guadalupe was baptized and confirmed on Pentecost. So he's got the Holy Spirit. He's got Our Lady under the, the title of Guadalupe. And, you know, when you bring forth the Holy Spirit and Our Lady, you always yeah. get Jesus. And I said to them, I don't know what's in store for your baby, but this baby with 100% certainty will go to heaven if he does die uh, in the next in near future. But but I have a feeling there's a plan on his life and he's still alive today. Well, I, be- I believe that uh, Pope Benedict uh, was baptized on the day of his birth, which was Pentecost. I think it was Easter. Oh, was it Easter? Maybe. I think it was Easter. Yeah, yeah, his mother rushed him to the church. It both both very special days to be baptized mm. on. Well, okay, well so, let's, let's all pray uh, for Ethan then. Yeah, Ethan Guadalupe. I'm going to be uh, at meetings all this week. I'll be back uh, with, there'll be pre-recorded shows that were previously aired tomorrow and Wednesday, Thursday, I will be back live. Uh, but do tune in. I think we're going to repeat Christine Watkins. It's been good to be with you. Thank you, Mom. You're welcome. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. This is Father Dan signing out. Amen.